Hey, Blinders, on this week's episode, we talk about the Willy Wonka prequel. We discuss whether Chris Evans should return to Captain America and name our favorite movie dogs. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, Blenders, and welcome. Welcome to episode number 150 of Real Blend, a podcast that can't wait to watch the television sitcom spinoff Malcolm and Marie in the middle. My name is Sean O'Connell, the managing director here at Cinema Blend, uh, also the managing editor like here at Cinema that. Blend, uh, and the co-host of the Real Blend podcast. Uh, this week, we'll be talking about, thank you, Kevin, uh, the Willy Wonka prequel. And the two names that are being bandied around for uh, the black and white film, Wonk. Uh, Chris Evans potentially returning as Captain America. Or not, if you depend, uh, if you uh, listen to Chris Evans. And your favorite movie dogs are going to be the center of the hashtag movie dogs blend. Again, we'll play at the end of the show. But before we get to that, I want to welcome back to the show, Kevin McCarthy of Fox 5 in Washington, D.C. Hi, Kev. How are you? Woo! Sean, Jacob, Gabriel. Look how good. handsome he is. He does look good really good. Good to see you guys. I like that good Ready Player One hat as well, too. I do. That is a great hat. I almost watched it's, that last night. The only reason I ever wear this hat, by the way, if you ever see this hat on, it's because I was too lazy to do my hair. Nice. Wait, is wanna... there, are there other hats that indicate other things? It's <laughs> no, that hat this, specific? This one this is my go-to, like, get out of the shower, like, not put gel on my hair, come downstairs, and do the show hat. Wow. That's the other the, one, I have a label for it. It says exactly that underneath it. The other co-host who doesn't understand the, the meaning of the phrase, uh, I did not do my hair. Jake Hamilton of Fox 32 <laughs> in Chicago. I don't you, understand the phrase of do my hair. Woke up like this. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's probably true. Once an hour, every hour, thanks to your dog eating a cupcake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sidebar, my, my dog is, is having stomach issues and her tummy hurts. And if he decides to say something this week, uh, producer Gabe, how are you, Gabe? How's it going, guys? Yeah, we a got a lot of love for being on the show last week. I did. A lot of love. Generous. Yes. Generous as, yes. They would like you to be at least a small box somewhere on the YouTube yeah. channel. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, speaking of, if you're watching us on YouTube, hello, everybody. Uh, thank you very much for following the show on this channel. Uh, make sure that you hit like and subscribe. If you are listening to us where you get your podcast needs met, Please head down to the description and figure out where you can go over to the YouTube channel and follow us there because every once in a while we have a guest and you can watch those guests interact with us. Not this week in particular because we do not have a guest, but we have plenty of other really cool people coming. If you would like an ad free uh, access to the show and in addition, access to a premium show that we record once a week, make sure you head over to bit.ly backslash real blend premium. How many uh, different versions of our show do we have? A lot. Just a lot. Um, and they're all like pretty good. So when you add them all together, it's one great 
film podcast experience. Um, but the the premium one, I think, is up to like 25 episodes now at this point. So nice little catalog of really fun sort of bonus episodes. And this week is going to be uh, a fan favorite, a a um, listener mailbag. So we'll be answering some of your questions. You guys, we're, nice uh, so wait, and we're at 150 it. for uh, for real blood for regular 150. Yes. How many episodes until we enter syndication and we can just start rerunning? Well, it was 100. It was, it was 100, a, hundreds of markers. <laughs> well, I've been earning why money. We, why are we pushing out new ones, man? We're in I, syndication. Let's just. <laughs> I've been earning some residuals off of this. You guys are not getting those checks. Oh, you pulled a Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Uh, let's get to the weekly poll. Another standard uh, thing that we run every single week on the Real Blend show. And last week's poll, due to the fact that we were now able to see the first two episodes of WandaVision, was. And Kevin, I'm going to put this one to you. So you got to pay attention to the answers. So far, WandaVision is dot, dot, dot. And here are your choices. Awesome. Kind of weird, kind of cool. Disappointing and terrible. Um, well, I'm going to answer for myself and say it's awesome. Um, but go. I'm going to say that the majority of people probably said, kind. what's the second one? The kind of cool, kind of weird? Kind of weird, kind of cool. Yes. That's the one I'm going to go with because I feel like and, but I don't know, because our, our listeners are really into the MCU, so it probably isn't that weird. But I, I could imagine like a somebody who's not MCU knowledge based and watching the show and being confused. Either Also, young kids don't get the references to all the no. to the, uh, the I would the say kind of weird, kind of cool. Yeah, I think kind of weird, kind of cool. I, I think it's awesome. I love I've, I've actually watched uh, the first two episodes twice. I love I really enjoy it. Well, I want to get to your breakdown in a second, but you're correct. Kind of weird, kind of cool. Got 45.3%. Awesome got 43%. So the two of them Ooh. dominated. Disappointing got seven and terrible got three. So you've watched the first couple episodes multiple times? Yeah, only because I was interested in watching them after the screeners we got, just to yeah. see how it looked all like on the full platform. Um, and I, I got sucked into it. I mean, they're 25, 29 minute episodes. That's kind of why I would love Ted Lasso so much. Cause they were mm -hmm. like, cause they were short episodes and like, you could just like run with it and play with it and you could put it on for 25 minutes and then walk away. But WandaVision, I, I, I got to give props to the prop department, I guess, from the sense that they're doing everything practical in those, that mm -hmm. first episode specifically, all the, like all that stuff in the kitchen with the plates and the, and the wine and like. They went old school, like total old school, with wires on the on the on the plates and everything. I, I was very impressed with the um, obviously the technical aspects of it, the way they did the aspect ratio shifts. I like. I always love the beginning of the first episode. I think it's just the first one that does this, where it's like the full blown Marvel logo, and then it squeezes into the four by three, and then it becomes yeah. almost like mono uh, yeah. sounding. Uh, I I also think that their dedication to the performances are are brilliant i i love the way how much they're into it how much they're into the bit of like being that over the top like very old school shooting it in front of a live audience in the first episode having real laughs in that first episode which is really cool i think they added the laughs later on in the other episodes because they only did right. the first episode live right um but yeah i think to be to be honest with you, it actually really kind of gave me more of an appreciation for Olsen as an actor. Um, I mean, I've always thought she was a great actor, and I think that in those big Avengers films, she's always been great in them. But to see her kind of expand on that range in this like era of te of sitcom television, I find to be really interesting. I think Bettany does a great job with it as well. I mean, they really smashed that plate over his face in the first episode. I mean, it's breakaway plate special effects but yeah, yeah. I, I just found the show to be so tangible and i like the mystery of it i don't know where it's going i sean i think i saw a tweet today that you said the cinema blend team has figured out 
uh, what they think the mystery is. I, I, I mean, for me, and this, and again, we've never, uh, we haven't seen anything else more than anybody else has, except for the third episode, which again, mm-hmm. I don't think gives much away uh, either. Uh, there's the question of how is this possible, right? So the Vision being dead in, in Infinity War dies twice, right? So mm-hmm. uh, it, to me, it seems like a Truman Show situation where, or is she creating the world to keep him alive? Kind of thing. I, I don't so, know. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm only really doing speculation beyond because we've all seen the first three episodes. Um, and you, I've gone back to rewatch them. It's funny you go back to rewatch them because of all of the um the form and the format. And while I love that too, and I you're think looking that for Easter eggs. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I'm I'm reading into every bit of line of dialogue, and I have a working theory that I can share here that I think. I think Catherine Hahn is very responsible for a lot of stuff that's going on to Wanda. Yeah. And there are moments now when you watch it, if you view it, that she might be the villain. And again, this is just a guess on my part. I'm I'm early into the season the way everybody else is. Um, when Wanda starts to figure stuff out, like she holds up that colored helicopter and she's starting to she's looking back at the house, and then Catherine Hahn will pop into the scene and be like you know, there's the star of the show and like distract her from it. Right. And there's a, right. a reason why, too, during the in the dinner party, the first episode, like she comes to the front door and kind of interferes uh, on right. the, uh, the dinner date. And you would in, in a sitcom that would happen too, right. The nosy neighbor would pop in. But if you're looking at it from a more like devious, like, oh, is she trying to interfere because Wanda's about to come really close to figuring out what's going on? Or I like to watch it with those goggles on and sort of figure that stuff out. There's a scene. And I, and again, I can't remember if this is in episode three, so I'm going to refrain from saying what it is. But there is a scene specifically where that question came into my mind based on a reaction from a character. Okay. Um, but I won't say where it is because I can't remember if it's in two or three. I don't remember. But there are like... Like Sean is saying, there's definitely some elements there. And the Monica Rambo thing, I'm very fascinated to see where that kind of goes off to. I think uh, Tayona Paris uh, was great casting for that. I'm, I'm, I love the connection. And Jake and I were discussing this after the junket was that, you know, that she's the young girl from Captain Marvel. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, uh, which I but, did not know. Like, like, I know that's on IMDb, but like, had it not been on, like, was that announced that that's who she was playing? Well, did, did they use her name in the show? Because... I, I it wasn't until after the junket that someone was like, oh yeah, she's playing the character from Captain Marvel. And I was like, hell, I didn't know that. Is it Lashana Lynch? Right, was from um, she's the mother of Monica Rambeau, correct? Yes, correct. Right, because so Mon- that's so set what in was ninety one or ninety two? Right, whenever Captain so, so Marvel. What was Lashana's uh, character's name? It was something uh, Rambo. It was. But the little girl that's on the on the uh, there's a, there's that scene in Captain Marvel where they're on the porch of the house, right? Yes. And like she's in her suit. And then the little girl comes outside and like talks to her about her Captain sure. Marvel suit. That's yeah. that's Monica Rambo. That's the right. character. That's but, but in. How did we all know as an audience that that's who? I don't I think it's been revealed in. in the show yet. It hasn't. I think it's just, it's just something just that, the name. that Marvel kind of made known. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that they let that be known. Yeah, because it's pretty considering big how how secretive they are about things. Do yeah. they call her Monica Rambo in the first two episodes? I don't think so. She's Geraldine. Is her the, is her character in the in the show like in the episodes that Wanda right. has created? But when I interviewed her, it, this is not a spoiler. When I interviewed her, her IMDb listed her as yeah, Monica oh, yeah. Rambo, yeah, and, mm-hmm. and 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 she talked at length about the connection. So uh, anybody listening to this, we're not spoiling anything. It's oh. actually out there. But no, but I think it is Feige said it. I think Feige said it at the um, investors call that they're going to have Monica Rambo as a character. 
So. Because in the trailer, you see a gigantic sequence where she seems to be like pushed onto the ground, like, and she's like laying backwards and her face turns over towards the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, Gabe, you were going to chime in about the name, I think. Well, you asked about Lashana Lynch. Her, her name in Captain Marvel is Maria Rambo. Right. Okay. And, then and then her daughter is Monica Rambo. Okay, cool. All right. That, so that makes sense. Right. So does Maria Rambo not become a superhero as well? I don't think so. Uh, what, what's her storyline? Because. Because at the end of Captain Marvel, are we, are we not going to finish with her? Or is she not going to come back? Because, I mean, technically speaking, Geraldine from from WandaVision's mom yeah. could still be alive. Yeah. In the but MCU. She, she might not be, uh, 20 yeah. years later, might not be much, uh, have much to do with. She could factor in. I wouldn't be surprised but if Mon- she yeah. factored in. And Monica Rambeau in the comics, to clarify, is the first black avenger right to actually lead the avengers female a black avenger i believe i think so i want to yeah, say that so. that's in the comics that's monica rambo's like a big and part they've got of a character. bunch of other things too like captain marvel 2 is she's gonna be part of that sequel and i know they're having a miss marvel show that's there's plenty of other places where they're gonna be able to grow to i think lashana lynch not to diverge briefly i think she's gonna get handed the james bond baton like she's Ooh. a significant character in no time to die she's another double o mm-hmm. because daniel craig says at one point in the trailer like i met your other double o um and part of what i was getting at when i was saying it's going to be fun to see how they close out craig's storyline is that i wouldn't be surprised if, if they passed the baton to her uh and she carried on the james bond franchise well isn't she not just when the movie starts isn't she not just another double o like isn't she 007 when the movie starts? Oh, is she? Because she that, be. that was my understanding that he's like retired when the movie starts. Right. And they have to give the number to someone else. So she's 007 when the movie starts. That would be pretty cool. That's, That's pretty cool. I like, she was amazing in Captain Marvel. I don't, I don't love Captain Marvel, yeah. but Agreed. she was a standout. Yeah. I see her. So, uh, so this brings us to a segment that we did last week where um, Jake and Gabe and I gave our anticipated films, five anticipated films, of 2021, Kev, I want to give you an opportunity to weigh in real fast yeah. with your, for I'm, your films. I'm just going to list these, but do you guys remember yours real fast? Just off top, I'm, I'm, I don't know yours, so I'm just interested to see what you guys had on your lists. I would have to go back. I know that okay. Spider-Man was on mine. I know No Time to Die was definitely on mine. Ghostbusters Afterlife was there. Yeah. Mine was cool. uh, Dune, Spider-Man 3, Matrix 4, Mission Impossible 7, and No Time to Die. Okay. I went, uh, number five, I went last night in Soho, because I'm really looking forward to... Uh, Edgar Wright's next film. I mean, I think nice. also a lot of that has to do with Anya Taylor Joy. After Queen's Gambit, I'm 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 just obsessed with her character or just her as her as an actor. It's funny because like recently, um, I've been doing that. Like I've watched Malcolm and Marie recently, and after that movie ended, I was I became obsessed with Sam Levinson. So I went back and watched. I'd never seen Euphoria, oh. and I and I rented his other his first film, Assassination Nation. Um, so same thing happened with Last Night in Soho, just be- based on Anya Taylor-Joy's performance in Queen's Gambit, that makes me automatically excited for it, on top of Edgar Wright directing it and shooting on film and everything. Huge movie in the O'Connell house right now is Baby Driver. Um, my boys tend to watch, and for whatever reason, my, you guys know my boys don't love movies, but they'll yeah. find a movie and then they'll just wear it out. And right now they're wearing out Baby Driver. And that, and one of the best soundtracks. If you, if you're a vinyl, if, you, if people on listening oh, have vinyl, vinyl, vinyl oh. it's a great vinyl, and it's a really cool open vinyl. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so that last night in Soho, I'm excited about strictly because of those two names. Um, Good one. And I, and I think it got bumped up because of Anya Taylor Joy. Honestly, um, I don't know any, much about this next movie, but I chose it only because of the director is Babylon. I mean, I don't really know what. But this is Damien Chazelle. Is that uh, coming out this year? 
According to release dates that I've seen, unless it's been pushed, it comes out I, in December. I, th- I think it was originally, and I think they haven't okay. started. They were supposed to already start filming. I think it technically got moved to next year. Okay. Well, if it's uh, pushed, but that's, it. no, but that's I'll fair. Allow it. That's how right. excited that's I am fair. for it. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. <laughs> Friend if of the it, show can get on the list. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If if Babylon gets pushed, then I'll put it on next year. But uh, it's Damien. The only reason I'm excited about it is Damien Giselle. And isn't Emma Stone or wasn't Emma Stone in it? But I that she it's had Margot Robbie. I think it's Margot Robbie and someone. Yeah, Emma Stone was initially, but now it's Margot. Isn't Brad and, Pitt in it? That's what yeah. it is. It's Margot yeah. and Brad Pitt. Yeah. All right, uh, number three is Fast and Furious 9, only because I'm obsessed with the Fast franchise. I understand it's the ninth one. I get that it's we're, it's probably tired by this point, but I, <laughs> I love any time a new one comes out because I want to see how extreme they go, and I, I've always been a fan of them. I know we all love Fast 5. I love Furious 7. Um, uh, 8 was cool. I didn't love 8, but 8 was cool. It did have a moment where The Rock uh, diverts a, um, a missile with his bare hands into a into a vehicle <laughs> that explodes. So, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, 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 I look forward to what they're going to do, and I, I actually really like the family storyline. I like the characters. I, I really, I actually enjoy the characters in Fast and Furious. I do. They've come um, so far from talking about carburetors to diverting missiles dude i will never forget like i've seen the first one so many times and when he when when paul walker goes up to order that tuna sandwich at that at that at that uh, restaurant from jordana brewster i i'll always remember the little details of those little characters i don't i love those movies um no time to die is number two uh, and then dune's number one so i mean i feel like those are obvious dune is weird for me because i'm not necessarily excited about dune from a story standpoint it's just just because denis direct is directing it i mean to be mm-hmm. honest with you he is the only reason why I'm, I'm i'm like very excited about it because he has not made a bad movie and I'm, and i have a hard time believing that he's gonna make a bad one with this one considering the cast he has with brolin and zendaya and chalamet uh and obviously no time to die i think primarily because of the fact that fukunaga shot on imax film and i can't wait to see kind of how that plays out so mm-hmm. very cool that's my I most hope, anticipated um, i worry about no time to die moving out of april uh, it will oh it's absolutely moving out of april yeah. you think so oh 100 back to november yeah uh, so what is it black widow are we looking at black widow as the next potential movie that we might get to see in a theater because i feel in like marvel's theater? gonna hold on to it yeah in a theater well, the, the depending on whether or not theaters are open around you by a that point uh could be godzilla versus kong which is march March. Theaters are open by me. Yeah, oh, we, by me we, too. Yeah. Chicago just went to the next tier up, so I'm hoping okay. that that's moving in the right direction because that is a movie that I, yeah. I you know, like and the thing is, it's not, it's not that I'm saying, oh my god, it's going to be better than, you know, fill in the blank movie X, but it's one of the top movies I, like, quite literally want to see on the big screen. Yeah. It's freaking Godzilla and King Kong. Like, like, if there were ever a movie that was made to experience... On the big screen, it's Godzilla and King Kong fighting each other. I know. Uh, well, I'm going to jump ahead in our list as well, too, because another movie that I really hope that I get an opportunity to potentially see on the big screen is the Snyder Cut. Uh, and yeah. I think... Wait, are you the excited reason, about the Snyder Cut? Marginally. Um, why did re- I did a, a video with Hannah Solik, our video team leader today, uh, for part of our Snyder Cut series, where we lamented the fact that it's the middle of January, this movie is theoretically coming in March, and we still don't know the release date, uh, nor do we know whether it's going to be a four-part miniseries on HBO Max or the full four-hour cut. And what happened recently was somebody asked Zach on social media whether it is uh, episodic or one-shot, like a like a full one-shot feature, and he said one-shot. And I don't know if... I still, again, don't know 
with any clarity if whether he just means that like it's his four hour version and they just chopped it into four pieces or if now HBO Max is putting out the full four hour version. And one of the things that I think that I'm speculating as to why we don't have a date yet is because he's still negotiating behind the scenes to get some type of theatrical release with it, like a day and date type thing, since Warner Brothers has shown interest in doing this with their HBO Max versions. And so um, it's kind of where we're at now at this point. I'll ask you guys this as um, well, Kevin, you're more of a a fan than Jake is. Jake, you're pretty casual in terms of these movies. are you interested at all in a four-hour version? Jake, I'll start with you. A four-hour version of the Justice League film. Look, I, I am very much anticipating the Snyder Cut, um, but uh, I got to be honest. I If it comes out in a four-hour version, I'm going to need to break it up anyway, so I wish that it would just be properly episodic. Right, right. Bite size on HBO Max. Yeah. Kev, what about yourself? I'm cool with the four-hour yeah, in a theater. Yeah, I, I mean, here's the thing. Like, like uh, the other day, I was gonna put on Malcolm X, which is like three hours and fifteen minutes or something like that, and it's basically like watching four episodes of a television show. Mm. Really, you just uh, our minds are strange, right? Like, we sit down and watch a three-hour film that feels longer than watching three hour, three one-hour episodes of a TV show, right? It, for some for some reason, there's a mental element to it because there's a beginning and the end of an episode, so you feel that you've accomplished something, essentially, by getting to the end of the episode and jumping to the next. Like, I knocked out, like, three episodes of Euphoria one night, and it didn't, I, it didn't feel long to me, but there's, there, there is something to be said about a four-hour film. We, we know we talked to Quentin Tarantino for Hollywood about the reasoning they split up Kill Bill and kind of like the cut that he had for the film and everything. And mm-hmm. I and I just find it interesting. I think at this point, this is Snyder's film and let him do what he wants with it. If he wants to make it a four-hour movie, mm-hmm. I'm game. I can't wait to watch the four. I can't wait to see it. One of the big reasons why I like the episodic nature of it is I was pointing out the fact that like with shows like The Mandalorian and currently with WandaVision, it allows you to talk about what has happened so far because everybody's on the same page. Um, you know, anytime a season binges, you really worry about what you can say to somebody because you don't know how far they've gotten into it. So if it is for one hour HBO Max episodes, I like the fact that everybody can talk about what just happened in it. And I think that raises awareness for it, but could also be a really strong uh, word of mouth. You know, if it's, if it's going well for the first mm-hmm. two episodes, people who are really hesitant to check it out might go back and watch the first two. Um, I think about how shows like Lovecraft Country and Watchmen built up their audiences because mm-hmm. they were really good. And people were like, oh, you got to be checking this. So by the time we were four or five episodes into Watchmen, I was like, I, I guess I better get on board with it because everyone's talking about it. So, yeah. But I, I would argue that we already know the arc of Justice League, though. Yeah. For sure. So like my like we already know the beginning and the end. I mean again, we haven't seen it, but I would assume that the beginning and the end character-wise from an arc perspective are probably relatively similar. But but do we though? Because I mean the uh, Justice League that we got was two so hours, and a majority of it we're not seeing, we're not re-seeing. And if it's four hours, that means we're it's two hours plus whatever new footage we're getting. So that's a lot of stuff that can happen that we don't know. What Kevin's, to I mean, Kevin's other right than the that idea, certain beats will hit, you know, sure. certain plot beats will hit. But sure. I think Zach's bringing a lot more than people anticipate. Right. And I get that. But but I mean, I, I guess looking forward to each week, you you yeah. kind of know where the movie ends. Wait, wait, because the because the, the end of Justice League, the, the final fight sequence was yeah, that yeah. Snyder's or Whedon's Whedon. I felt like, yeah, I felt the like final Whedon. the whole red that felt like. But it, it didn't didn't Snyder make a comment about like it's not even going to like. It's not going to look like that. It's going to look that the color correction that Whedon did on that final fight scene is 
is completely off. Wait, that, where do you think, uh, if it's four episodes, is it end of episode two that Cavill comes back? Where do you think Cavill comes back? During episode three, I think. Oh, so you think it'd be that long? It's pretty far. It'd be pretty deep into it. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that. Has okay, I'm actually that. like, like I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting jacked at the idea of, uh, <laughs> of it, of it happening. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. Hopefully we'll know, and hopefully Zach will join us on this show because he'd be a tremendous guest to oh talk about uh, his filmography and all things Snyder Cut. Obviously, uh, wait, have what- you been trying to make that happen? This episode of Real Blend is brought to you by Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. Power up your favorite characters and build a team to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and even challenge other players in PvP modes such as Alliance War and Arena. New ways to battle with your roster are released regularly and the meta is constantly evolving. And now you can sign on for Marvel Strike Force's new Deadpool Anniversary event in order to receive a generous gift containing character shards, an anniversary diamond orb, gear, and other great items. Better yet, each week during the Deadpool anniversary, players can complete events and receive even more special rewards and skins. If you want to get in on all the fun of Marvel Strike Force, be sure to use our promo code MAXPOOL, that's M-A-X-P-O-O-L, and thank you to Marvel Strike Force for supporting the show. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Let's get really close to uh, the next story, which is Chris Evans theoretically returning as Captain America. So this is a rumor that actually it started in the trades. So it's not it's like a legitimate news source that reported that they were saying Captain America. uh, Chris Evans was negotiating to return to the role in a feature film. They specified it was feature film. Because some people started to speculate right off the bat, was it Disney Plus? Uh, Could he potentially have a role in one of the episodes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Are they going to do a Disney Plus series that goes back through Cap through time? You know, someone had suggested, what if one episode, you do one episode of each one is him returning one of the Infinity Stones. I like that. That's my favorite thing that I've heard that's a potential. And and not that he's like full blown back, but just like he's coming back for six episodes. And then I think that would be tremendous. Yeah, like, that's, I a, really, that's, that's what I'm hoping. That's a is. cool way. So then but that, that would be awesome. Evans comes around and he says, you know, he, he puts out a tweet that says news to me uh, and you know, I can't take anything that actors say seriously in terms of their contract negotiations, because as Jake was quick to point out, there's multiple people who have said that they don't know uh, anything yeah. about these casting stories. And then it Henry out Cavill stared me in the face and said he had there was no Snyder cut that he knew about. <laughs> Henry Cavill did the, the did the Justice League junket, but wouldn't admit that he was in Justice League, <laughs> which always blows my mind. Yeah, I, th- That's I mean, they just lie. 
that well, there's the other no one real... That... That we were talking about is uh, uh, Liam Neeson was recently asked about whether or not Qui-Gon Jinn could appear as a force ghost in uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series that's happening. And he was very like, oh, I'd be you know interested if they called me. And, and a lot of people pointed out to the fact that that's very similar to how Ewan McGregor used to answer mm. when people would ask him. And Ewan McGregor revealed that he had known about the Kenobi series for a long time. And people were asking him about it, and he basically was like, yeah, I've been lying to people for years. Like, that's what you have to do. <laughs> I that's, guess you, you do know. have to do that, so, yes. So, so the fact that, that you and McGregor just straight up came out and said, like, yeah, like, we find out about these things, but we can't say anything. So when you ask me, I'm going to lie to you. And yeah. so now every time I hear Liam Neeson, like, like I, just, I, I can't believe that Liam Neeson is just straight up going, like, I'd like to reprise this character. And Disney's going, nah. But, he, nah. but wh- why would you have to bring him back? Like, I don't it's, understand. That's, He's dead. That was his... Have you never fucking seen Star Wars? No, I've seen Star Wars, believe me. I mean, I mean like, how many... Like, do you know how many times Alec Guinness came back to teach... So he's just going to be a force Michael. ghost? Of course. He's not just... He, that was his... It was it was a master and apprentice. Like, Obi-Wan was Qui-Gon's apprentice. Hmm. Of course, like, in the, in the same way that Luke saw Obi-Wan... Right. You, like, Obi-Wan would see Qui-Gon Jinn. Sean's being real Harrison Ford about this whole thing right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, did, did you ever see that, that Harrison Ford uh, quote that uh, someone asked, uh, did you come back in, in episode nine as a force ghost? And, and, he's, and Harrison Ford said something like, I don't know what a force ghost is and I don't fucking care. <laughs> it's just classic. I love how it's like, it's funny now that he talks like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it's, not, it's, not, it's, it, it's actually kind of comical that he just doesn't care. I think he leans into it. I think oh, he I think knows so that it's I funny. So and, yeah. There is I a... actually don't think he really cares, to be honest with you. I oh, really he does not, not care. I don't think he cares. There were set uh, photos that just got posted of this village that they're building in uh, outside, like in the outskirts of, of London, in the in the countryside. And the town is furious. That's the town that's nearby is furious because they think that this set is going to be uh, up for three years because they're filming Obi Wan there, and it looks like Tatooine. Have you not seen these pictures? And the, they're in the Daily no. Mail. They're in the Daily Mail. They were out today, and it's like a physical set that they built, and you could see it's like the buildings of Tatooine, and and the and the the residents believe that this is going to be there for three years, and they're going to be filming Obi Wan because I would assume multiple seasons, right? Sure. Like, well, I thought it was just a one. limited. I thought it was a limited thing. I don't know. They said three years in this article, which makes I'm me really think curious. They'd be filming um, it for a while. There, there's some great stuff that happens. I think in Rebels. Where uh, I don't know how much you guys know about like the final fight between Obi Wan and Darth Maul, like mm-hmm. like in, in, and I'm curious as to if we would get live action recreations of things that are already canon. Um, so I'm really curious to see if that because I'd love to see a live action final fight between Obi-Wan and, and Darth Maul. We are way off track. Should Evans come back as Captain America? <laughs> no. I, I, I think if he... I, it, it really does need to be something like the returning the Infinity... Because, like, Endgame, for, the, for all the issues I had with it, was a perfect send-off for that mm-hmm. character. And I think you got to be really... Like, it's so hard to wrap up a character perfectly. Mm-hmm. And when you do it, to, to risk within 18 months... To yeah. risk ruining that no. for a li- for a limited Disney Plus series seems Kev. That's why you say. That's why you say. Yeah, now. I mean, I, I want there to be stakes in the in the MCU. I need yeah. I need stakes in order to be emotionally Perfectly invested put. in it. And it's like I just genuinely I don't want to see. I mean, I, I I don't know if this is blasphemous to say. I don't want to see Downey Jr. back as Iron Man. I don't want to see uh, Evans back as as Cap. 
I just yeah. don't want to see it because I, I and not that not that they're not great in the in the roles. I actually watched Ultron again the other day, which is not as bad as I remembered it was, um, but it, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I just find that like I need I, that finality that I got in Endgame was was as a fan after 23 MCU films was, I feel like that was earned. And I feel like by bringing it back, it cheapens it. Devil's advocate. Um, because largely I agree with you guys. Like I don't necessarily want to see these guys back. However, if we're about to plunge heavy into the multiverse uh-huh. and you're going to get another, an alternate version of captain America who shows up, I don't want them to recast. I would still want Evans to be able to play a version of captain America. If he's not playing captain america that we know well see i I would want another actor to play it because the multiverse being that spider-man's played by multiple people i mean they're not all tom hollands they're not all right i i i feel like i was just watching uh, i just ordered the um spider-verse 4k and i was popped it in before i came down here and i was listening to chris pine in the beginning there's so many different spider-mans in the film i'm like that that, i mean there, there can totally be i just don't think i think evans needs to move on i think evans do another team movie sequel or something like that. I was I was kind of hoping when that when I first saw uh, the speculation about Evans coming back, uh, my first thought was that it was going to be a multiverse uh, with in Spider Man, but it was going to be him as his Fantastic Four character and have Tom That's Holland cool. be really confused, like whenever he saw him as Fantastic or as the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Johnny, Johnny what is it Johnny Flame or Johnny Torch Johnny Storm Johnny, Johnny, Johnny Storm yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever. Storm. Uh, and and <laughs> don't shake your I don't know uh, <laughs> and, but and basically have Tom Holland be like wait what I was shaking my head at all of you saying different Johnny names over each other <laughs> no one had any clue is Johnny, Johnny Storm so we will see how that plays out Evan says uh, it's news to him but we'll we'll see I'd rather see an entire movie. Sorry, I'd rather see an entire movie based on his Scott Pilgrim character versus oh. him return as Scott. <laughs> I love, as I love. That's that's my favorite X. <laughs> what an also, big, big fan. Why wouldn't you be? Um, He's I, great. I, in I, that. You're both. You're all right in that Evans is Evans doesn't need it anymore. Like I watched his Defending Jacob series. I thought he was really good in it. Um, mm-hmm. I liked Gifted. You know, he's directing. Yeah. He directed the movie with Alice Eve too. So yeah. It's it's fine for him to move on. And Marvel has announced 20 something projects, you know, that they have coming. It's not like they need to revert back to those original characters. So we will see where they go. But speaking of, oh, Lord, speaking of reverting back to characters that we know already, I get to tell you guys who is up for the role of Willy Wonka in a brand new Willy Wonka prequel (laughs) that the only reason I am borderline interested in this is that it's coming from the director of the Paddington films. Paul King and the two Paddington films. If you haven't seen them yet, for God's sakes, put a little joy in your life and go watch those movies because they are fantastic uh, to the point where Paddington two made my top 10 the year that it came out. And both of you guys said you were going to watch it. And I'm sure you haven't yet to this day. Kevin used to say he'd see it on an airplane and still not choose to see it. He would put on Dunkirk for the 100th time. Look, Kevin's got to watch Lost. So back off (laughs) on your Paddington. That's true. That's true. So here are the two (laughs) names that, according to the reports on the day that we are recording, uh, are up to play a young Willy Wonka. Chris Evans. Timothy Chalamet (laughs) and Tom Holland. 
I'll go first. Uh, Neither of those sound. (laughs) (laughs) Neither of those sound good to me. Chalamet. Um, I'm interested in Chalamet. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Between the two, I'd like to see Chalamet do it. But it's it's not that neither of them have the ability to do it. I just feel like they're both better than that project. Yes. Like I would. I'd rather see them do other things. Anything else? Yeah. Honestly, like I just watched when you hear Tom Cruise is signed on for another Jack Reacher. It's like. Not that you're going to do a bad job. It's just you're better than this. I watched Tom Holland in Cherry, um, the Russo's film, and that dude has a ton of talent. Uh, and he is primed for really big things and does you not love need to be rubbing in when you've seen a movie that we haven't seen. Oh, like you, you don't? <laughs> like well, you, don't? I, you know, I was thinking about it. And when I was watching Malcolm and Marie the other day, I was yeah. really thinking about this. <laughs> um, so I don't know what's going to happen with this. I don't know, really know what the um, why. The, the, yeah, thank you. Thank you. I just okay. don't understand it because what? Warner Brothers owns the IP. Um, here's something. I like the Burton version of Willy Wonka. I don't dislike it. I don't remember. I think there it. are some really interesting things in it. I'm just tired of seeing Tim Burton's version of fill in the blank. Yeah, because it is. I'm tired of similar. Tim Burton's version of Planet of the Apes and Tim Burton's version of of Willy Wonka and Tim Burton's version of Alice in Wonderland and Tim Burton's version of Dumbo. Like, wow. dude, like, give me some. Give when me did- like. I when watched did Tim Burton hurt for the, you. Yeah. No, I was like, am I wrong? Like, 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 his career over the last twenty years has turned into mm-hmm. like t- putting like putting a filter on a story we already know. Yeah. Like I, putting the Tim Burton filter. There's a lot. Yeah. I don't even know if that was his fault either. I feel like studios just came to him and offered him a bunch of money to do like his version of everything. Sure. I, I, oh, I yeah. actually watched Ed Wood for the first time a few weeks ago. I'd never seen oh, Ed Wood. God. And I was just blown away by how brilliant that film was. Martin Landau. Dude, how as, great. Dude, he won the Oscar for how oh great was he in that? God, what a performance. Anyways, that's totally But that's topic, back when but... Burton was doing, no, that's when he was doing yeah. like yeah. films that he wanted to do. And yeah, not just like Jake said. too. Yeah. Because yeah. what did he do recently? He did Dumbo and he did something Dumbo. before that too. Um, that also felt pretty lazy. Was it Alice? He had Land? such a good stretch, though. Like, like that that whole like Sleepy Hollow, the 90s. Oh, sweet, yeah. yeah, all that stuff. Was... Yeah, yeah. And then, and then there was a splash in the late two thousands when he did what I think is his best movie, which is Big Fish. Yeah, which kind of showed. Uh, which again, it is still an adaptation, but not so well known that it was like, and it was actually even very scaled back, Tim Burton. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, I miss, I miss someone. Someone give Tim Burton the money to just do something original. Well, it goes to show that just because you've made a couple of really great films doesn't mean you have a thousand great films in you. I think this is a little bit unfair of our directors. We're on episode 150 of this podcast. Right? I also, I also, I don't think there's anything wrong with a with a really good director transitioning, at least at least for stretches, into being a, a director for hire. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know? But I, I, I think it does cheapen the mm. style that he's created. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, like, but he's not he, making. It turns his style into a product. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you're talking about Disney movies. That's that's the whole. It's a machine. Like for is. example, uh, uh, when Guy Ritchie did Aladdin, that his voice was not even in that movie. That right. wasn't. I wish they made a Guy Ritchie Aladdin. I would love but, to see Guy. But Ritchie's that probably Aladdin. that probably helped him justify uh, financing a lot of other movies. Yeah, <laughs> so right. it's you know it is what it is. Someone was just saying that too. Someone's quote. Came, and I'm, not that it's anything new, but like I do one of the big ones in order to pay for the uh, the little ones. And it wasn't yeah. Guy Ritchie, but it was someone similar to that who said, like, I got to make this movie because I made 
He's still, still making money off of Aladdin to the, right now. <laughs> Did Aladdin do a Plenty billion of. dollars? Yeah, it, is, it, is, it is literally Will Smith's most successful film. God. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's which is insane. insane. Which, which heart, hurts my heart a little bit, to be <laughs> yeah. honest with you. Yeah, people like, not see that the world we live in. <laughs> yeah. Or Bad Boys for Life. <laughs> All right, let's get to this or week in movies. Um, I want to bring up the fact that uh, The Kid Detective which was uh, number five on the Real Blend list of top movies for 2020, is now available on VOD. So there's a lot of people who didn't get to see this in theaters. Uh, Sony held on to its theatrical release when it came out, and it just flew under the radar. Uh, Rightfully so. It was tough to get to the theaters when the movie came out. Um, It's really different. Uh, The movies that that we were referring to when we were talking about in our top tens, things like Ryan Johnson's Brick, uh, things like The Nice Guys by uh, Shane Black, things like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, uh, by Shane Black, just a really unique original world that was created uh, by this director. And Adam Brody is fantastic as a one-time kid detective who's still trying to solve crimes. And so you are now able to check this out on VOD. I'm going to mention uh, that all three of us cannot recommend it highly enough. And if you want to, after you've seen it, go back through our old episodes, find our interview with the director and uh, he'll give you and with adam brody and they'll give you some fantastic insight uh into the work that they did in putting that film together netflix has a movie called the white tiger uh that i do not know anything about either of you guys seen it white tiger i have not seen that no this is like this is and for people listening this is a bit of a slower movie week so these titles are like it was interesting because last week there was so much i know you guys did the show when i was out like one night in miami dropped and uh i was listening to stern today he finally saw promising young woman because that came out on on paid mm-hmm. VOD this past weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and News of the World's on there now. So if anyone listening to this has not heard our previous episode, there's a lot of stuff out there to watch. Tons yep. of stuff out there to watch. Uh, Jake has also been able to see, which is coming to Limited and VOD, a film called Our Friend, which um, actually at Toronto last year made a huge splash. It had a screening at the Princess of Wales and everybody who came out of it was gushing about it. So is it as good as Festival Buzz made out to be? Look, I mean, Nat, the, these days it's it's a really so so. Our friend is is a true story, um, a, about a a uh, a young woman, a mother, a wife who uh, has cancer, and uh, played by Dakota Johnson, and her husband is Casey Affleck, and they have a friend played by Jason Segel, and basically Jason Segel steps up is the the exact kind of friend that you would pray and hope that you would have in under those circumstances, goes above and beyond and helps them beyond measure get through what has got to be the most unimaginable, horrific experience of their lives. Um, it's based on a really, really, really heartbreaking, uh, I think Forbes article that the husband mm-hmm. wrote because he was a, a professional journalist. Um, it's, it's, it's a tough, it's a really tough movie, you know? And when there's, when a movie, when there's a movie like this that is so difficult to watch, for me, in order to recommend it, to like really tell people, hey, you, you should sit down and spend two hours of your life to watch this, Good isn't good enough because it is so difficult and it is so heavy and it does weigh on you. Um, There's some truly heartbreaking scenes that for me, a movie like that has to be so unbelievably transcending good that your life is incomplete without having seen it before I can say, hey, like what, you know, it take time out of your life. It's good. It is. And the performances are really good. But with everything, like I, I I was watching it last week. Just with everything going on in the world right now, I just kept thinking, I don't want to watch this. I okay, don't want to be watching this. I was under the impression that the tone was a little bit comedic and a little bit uplifting. Is it not that? Really? Oh, see, I thought the buzz coming out of Toronto was that, like, Jason Siegel's kind of like a humorous 
portrayal. I mean, not to the degree that he normally is. Okay. Um, and, and are there flashes of like a little bit of you know, but and 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 it's sort of it's a non-linear the way they tell the story. And progressively, as the film works toward the ending, the 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 flashes of humor become uh, uh, fewer and far between. But it's not and Manchester by the Sea. Not Manchester by the Sea, <laughs> but if Manchester by the Sea is is first base, this is this is left field. Oh my! All right. Well, that's interesting. So, Kevin, what that means is in baseball, <laughs> <laughs> I played center field, man, and I pitched. Did you? I was, really? I was on the All Stars, man. Yeah, my dad gave me twenty bucks. I caught three, uh, three, three fly balls in the, into Wait, center field. Why did he give you twenty dollars? Because I, I caught two, and he goes, "If you catch one after I went in to bat." In the next inning or whatever, yeah. he was like, "If you catch one more, I'll give you a twenty dollar bill." And I caught one more. <laughs> yes, I'll I will never dude, forget. I love that. your dad, man. Man, just think if Kevin was signing twenty million dollar contracts, he might be a pro. <laughs> it just needs the incentive. I just, right, like, like of all of us, Kevin has actually made money playing sports. <laughs> I miss Mike. I miss those Capri Suns so much, dude. Those are the best. That's what he uh, missed. Oh, Capri Suns and oranges. <laughs> Such a cooler. Oh, it's also not oh, fair childhood. to you because it relies on somebody hitting a ball out to center field. And, and it happened. I don't know sure. how, but I, it was an all-star game. I caught three fly balls or Damn. three center field balls. Yeah. Kind of remarkable. I was never able to catch a pop fly ever. I just I dropped them every single time that I played. <laughs> That's why I'm a movie critic right now. All right, let's get to the blend game. Uh, hashtag movie dog blend. We are going to be talking about our favorite dog performances, movies. I'm not quite sure how we're going into this one, but I know I have to start with Jake because he is our resident dog dad. Jake Hamilton, who is your favorite movie dog? You know, I went through a lot of different ones, and there are a lot of good potential answers. And for some reason, I took this one so personally <laughs> that uh, that I really felt like I was going to be messing up if I didn't we choose knew, the right we one. We knew you would, yes. This was, this was a really great one. I was very excited when Gabe told me that we were doing this. Um, I'm going with uh, one that I brought up last week, which is Shadow from Homeward Bound. Okay. Um, that was well, one. My number one first stipulation when, when doing this week's game was the dog could not die. I can't. I just can't do it. I can't. Yeah. And we've, we've discussed this at lengths in the past. I know Kevin and I have brought it up at Junkets before. I can watch movies where hundreds of people are obliterated in the most horrible, inhumane <laughs> yeah. you know, way. But you touch a dog and, and I can't. I, I legit have to contemplate shutting off the movie. I just can't do it. Hmm. Um, there's, you know, Homeward Bound I saw when I was very young. It came out when I was a kid. And it really, you know, one, I love that, like, it's it's animals talking to each other, but they don't do, like, mouth moving. You know, they don't try to, like, you know, it's just it's just the animals, and they're recording them. And then it's a voiceover track. Um, and it really kind of introduced to me as a kid this idea of, like, really, you know, like, my dog having a personality. And I remember, like, going outside, you know, like, and, like, talking to my dog and just assuming that my dog was talking back to me. And, you know, maybe I just couldn't hear it. And that really was the first movie that kind of drove home that idea and I mentioned this scene last week, Kevin, but the, the, the scene that might make me cry more than any other scene in, in movie history is at the end of the film, after they've just gone through all of this sh just horrible shit to get home to their family, they all go, they, they run back to the family one by one. It's very dramatic. The cat goes first, who is Sally Field, then Chance goes, who is Michael J. Fox, and then there's a beat where you think that like Shadow doesn't ha didn't make it? He was older. He was having a tough time. Oh, Shadow was the old one. Shadow Shadow was the old one. Who's the Shadow voice was, of Shadow? I can't. Peter Welling. Peter. Okay. Great voice. And the music swells, and it's a. Gr I'm getting chills talking about it. The home. If you if you haven't heard the Homeward Bound score, particularly this moment, look. It is a 
gorgeous score. The music swells as the family catches a glimpse of Shadow limping out of the woods. And the whole fan, oh, I'm getting like legit getting emotional talking about it. And the, and like the, the mother gets like a, like, like a, a, a catch in her throat. And the boy start, Peter starts running toward the dog. And then the dog shadow starts like limping toward him. And I'll never forget what he says. What he says is like, Peter, you're okay. And that always struck me because he's just gone through so much shit. Like, and like should get back to his family. And his first thought is, my human is okay. Yeah. And I always, that that's always. That's what a dog does. That's exactly, yeah. that is exactly yeah. what a dog, like yeah. I, I'm, I'm legit tearing up talking about this. That Jake, I have a question for you real quick. Yeah. In Homeward Bound, I'm trying to remember this specifically, the dog's voices would be in their, in the narration almost, their mouths wouldn't move, right? Correct. Yeah. Like so the, could like the, the humans hear it? No, no. Okay. okay it's okay. it's very much remember. a, like the animals can understand each other, yeah, but the humans yeah. can't. Yeah. I couldn't remember. And, and, and just that scene of them running toward each other and and the and and shadow just saying oh you're okay like after he's like beaten and broken and muddy and gross (laughs) and him going oh my human is okay to me perfectly exemplifies what we love about dogs and and i know that like no matter what you know with my dog with our dogs we're all dog dads that like no matter what happens to them in the day all they care about is being with us and us being happy. That uh, their entire like like I, I saw a quote one time that was like a dog is a part of our lives, but we are a dog's entire life. And I think that that scene in that movie perfectly exemplifies that uh, expression. Um, and I always try to remember any any time I'm ever in a bad mood and don't really want to be messed with, um, I always try to remember that and, and get out of it and make sure that I give Daenerys all the love and attention I can because I always think that like that's that's all she wants is Aww. my my acknowledgement in life. Very sweet. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's Shadow and Homeward Bound. That is very sweet. Um, Squirt, for whatever reason, first off, I mentioned last week's episode that, <laughs> that Squirt, name is the best. Squirt adores Homeward Bound, and he asks for us to put on Homeward Bound every time. Well, we how's watch he doing though? Uh, he says, "Put on Homeward Bound." <laughs> that's his. Uh, we we talked. Okay, Kevin. We part. talked about um, all our dogs <laughs> having voices. So that's Squirt's voice. Do, yeah. do Jack and Sally have voices? Oh, dude, I have. I'm not, I'm not even gonna do them here because they're embarrassing. We did. Oh, we did our voices well, no, last my, week. I, it's like baby talk and like I, Jack has like ten is. different names. Um, yeah. Oh, I used to Oscar my my dog uh, my dog that passed away in May of last year. He had a voice. It was like I, I try to remember like specifically how I I would imagine him talking to me in the voice. I just don't remember. Yeah. Every, everyone, do, I, any, yeah. I I I say any dog owner that ever tries to say like yeah. that they don't talk to their dog or their dog doesn't have a voice either is lying yeah. or is a really bad dog owner like yeah. why do yeah. you not have a voice for your dog or talk <laughs> yeah. to your dog yeah right? I, I yeah there's definitely it's definitely embarrassing like to see me talk to my dogs for sure it's like but i'll it's... tell you what's weird too our dog franny who was way before squirt had a voice too a very totally different voice than what <laughs> yeah. squirt says yeah and he said very specific things and every once in a while i'll bring them back out yeah and michelle would just be like oh franny like oh. It's like an instant, like, yeah, but like, oh, yeah. but first I, off, I, the dog wasn't yeah. talking and he's not here anymore. But if I, I, I actually, <laughs> I believe that Oscar tried to talk to us towards the end. Really? Like, like, like he would, when I would start coming home from work in his last year or so of his life, he would start like, he, he would get up on the couch and he would like talk to me as I walked mm-hmm. in the front door. It was just like this really strange, like it was almost like he was trying to talk, but he didn't know what words yeah. were. Right. 
And I, I, that always blew my mind. Yeah, that but, you know of. I think he maybe yeah. he did know what words are. All right, I'm going to go, uh, and I'm going to say that my pick is a little left to center. I don't get very emotional with dogs. I do love dogs, but I don't get emotional with dog movies. When did you se. realize that you didn't have a soul? No, I do love dogs. And, and the one thing that's really different that, that Michelle and I cannot differ on enough is that if you have a talking dog or talking animal, but like the, the mouth moves. Yeah. That is Citizen Kane for her. Like, she cannot get enough of... If there's a category on Netflix that's just talking animals, <laughs> she will sit there and binge all of them. Like, and laugh. Like, laugh like you're watching Dumb and Dumber. Like, she just thinks that's the funniest thing in the entire world. I can't stand that. Um, but I went with uh, Gromit from Wallace and Gromit. Which oh, I just think choice. are phenomenally funny films um i first off completely admire the stop motion animation that goes into making those films uh the short films i i love so much they're very very british um and i love the concept of that the human is such an idiot and the dog has to be so much smarter than him in order to keep their day to day sort of going and they come up with these really wild inventions, but then they always sort of escalate into really weird adventures that they go on. And the dog is always the one who's kind of saving the day. And he's got these amazing looks. Like he's always just giving him a really snarky look or some such look that says like, I can't believe how stupid my human is. Um, <laughs> I couldn't believe when they did a Wallace and Gromit Curse of the Were-Rabbit uh, feature. And I thought, well, this is going to be terrible. And then it was hysterical. Like everything about Great. it is so hilarious. And so... Um, when I was looking over the list of things, as soon as I saw Gromit, I was like, oh, that's going to be fantastic. And just emotionally, too, uh, Brendan, as a kid growing up, PJ watched everything that was like uber kid friendly, like everything that was just geared toward his age. Um, and when we got to Brendan, I got tired of watching all that stuff. So he went into like Indiana Jones and Gremlins and all these other things like super early, like too early. And I know that I, I messed him up, you know, somehow really badly by letting him watch all that stuff because PJ was watching like Little Einsteins and all these other age appropriate things. Um, but the only animated type show that Brendan really latched onto was Wallace and Gromit. And so we would watch those shorts endlessly. And so uh, that's my pick. I'm going with Gromit. That's so. a great good one. one. Kev, really good one. what do you got? Um, I'm going to ask your permission to, to give you guys two, but I'll give you my number one, but the number two is very close to it. Well, sure. allow it. So the number, the number one, what I'm going to give. no? Like, no. Yeah, you're like, you no, can't. Yeah. <laughs> my number one is going to, is only number one because it's, it's been my number one, I guess. Because it's interesting, like, I was looking through, like, the history of movies I watched as a kid, and initially I was thinking, like, Milo from, um, uh, The Mask, but then I was like, oh, all right, right, there's other dogs that I need to... That I, need to, that I know for sure have meant more to me. And the number one dog for me ever in cinema history is Hercules from Sandlot. I mean, I, I just... Yeah. Good one. I, just I actually thought that, that was going to be your pick. Love that. I mean, I, 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 was, I love the entire film. He's considered to be this like horrific like dog beast that wants to kill the kids. And then he's just like... And then he, when he gives the, the kiss... Was he kisses... Uh, uh, was it Smalls or Benny? Because uh, Benny? He, he chases Benny... Uh, in his P.F. Changs, and then I think Smalls ends up getting kissed by him because he puts his face right next to his face and he, he licks Smalls' face and before they go into James Earl Jones' house. Um, and, like, that, to me, was always classic because I always loved the horror of the dog going, the, the ball going over the fence and then knowing they wouldn't get the ball back and then you would hear these incredible sound effects. There's this whole black and white sequence they do uh, when they're in the treehouse. They tell a story about the dog's history and how how dangerous yeah. it is. And that, like... That's the, the forever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the forever <laughs> yeah. moment. But there's like, like I'll never forget, uh, 
they call him Benny the Jet Rodriguez, right? And like, and, and he laces up his P.F. Changs, and they go on that gigantic chase scene together where the dog is just chasing after him. They go over parties and all this kind of stuff, and they eventually get back full circle to James Earl Jones' house. And I just remember the dog being ultimately so sweet, and I just kind of <laughs> love that that arc of of that character. And Good um, pick. You have to understand, like, like the dog uh, in the Sandlot is kind of like the shark in Jaws, except for it's not mean. Yeah. Um, like, because, <laughs> like, the whole time we're watching the Sandlot, we basically don't know what the dog looks like from a realistic perspective, other than, like, what's been built up from the audience perspective, what the characters tell us about the dog. Mm-hmm. So I always found that interesting how we, how we as an audience also came to judge the dog based on mm-hmm. the character's uh, fears and decisions um, until they eventually go. And what was it James Earl Jones says at the end of the movie? He goes, just come over and knock next time. I'll, I'll get yeah. the ball for you. Yeah, <laughs> and funny. the whole movie was about them <laughs> losing the Babe Ruth ball. Right. Oh, I love when he gives them uh, the whole Yankees signed oh. ball at the end. Oh. Um, that's my number one. My number two, which is really close, and I almost went with this only because I love it so much. I rewatched it again this weekend is, is uh, Brandy from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Because like that, I, I'll never forget uh, every time I watch that film, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is uh, is kind of a non scene, but it speaks to the character that Brad Pitt plays. It's when he first gets home, uh, and we first meet Brandy, yep. and there's that brilliant sequence where like he like Tarantino shows him pouring that wolf dog food, whatever, and it slowly comes out of the canister and plops into yeah. the into yeah. the food yeah. bowl. Doesn't and, she like, like like lick her lips at that moment? <laughs> yeah, 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 and he's like yeah, yeah. he does like what does he do like yeah. that whatever that thing he does, yeah. and then he just yeah. she runs to it. But then Brandy's arc at the end, that whole callback <laughs> um, is just unbelievable. Yeah. And like that whole sequence is just incredible. Um, and I just loved, I loved Brad Pitt's relationship with that dog. I, I thought it was an incredible part to the story. So th- those are my two. My number one, if I had to go ultimate, would be Hercules. But I do love Brandy in Hollywood. So Very nice. Gabe. For posterity, Kev, do you have, do you know your... Um... Christopher Walken pick that you missed out last week. Do you know what you oh. would have picked? Oh, I would. We don't have to get into it. The true romance. That's what we figured. That's what we, yeah. that's what we figured. Just primarily, we kind of unofficially of... picked it for you. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. mean, like that's just one of the that that's one of those scenes that like to have those two heavy hitters sitting there. It's a really hard scene to discuss and say you like because there are the dialogue in that scene is very very disturbing. Just a warning for people out there who are might go look it up and go what the hell's wrong with that guy. No, the, the it's Tarantino. It's very graphic, but it's the performance of him just sitting in that chair when he says was he I know the whole line. He goes he goes I'm Vincent Cacati. He goes, you tell the angels from heaven you've never seen evil so singularly personified as you did in the face of the man that killed you. And I'm not, that's how he introduces himself to Hopper. And just the, the delivery of that. And, like, there's this one moment where, like, he just, I think after he, I think it's after he shoots Hopper, he just does this disgusting spit off to the corner after wiping the blood off of his outfit from the fishbowl. Just, just the, the, the details of that character in that very small, minimal scene spoke volumes and i just think he like completely let i mean it's a very brutal scene but dialogue wise <laughs> de- bless you delivery wise no question that's my favorite walking what was y'all's uh gabe uh, went with uh pulp fiction yep oh yeah jake did catch me if you can and oh. i did hairspray hairspray is a good one that he was great in hairspray it's terrific yeah i mean great pulp fiction yeah all those are great choices oh, really good. all right audience picks for dogs uh, Jeff Mammon said Sam from I Am Legend. 
Good choice. Oh, no. Joel McFarlane says the dog from Independence Day, which is one of those scenes that like in any other type of movie, when the dog is, remember the dog sort of jumps as the fireball is going through the tunnel. In a really bad CGI shot where like the dog just kind of, um, I, I would laugh. I would laugh it off, but it works really, well, works really well in that Independence Day uh, scene. Mags chose Holly Berry's pups in John Wick Three, which, cool. if you want to know about the training of those dogs, please go find Ooh, our interview. Uh, interview with Chad Stahelski. Stahelski. Uh, Stephanie Delise says Chance from Homeward Bound. Chance from Homeward Chance. Bound. Uh, Kimberly Sue chose Shadow from Homeward Bound. And Daniel McDonald says Hooch from Turner and Hooch. So thank you all. Are there no all. Sandlots? No, no Sandlots? That's no unbelievable sandlots. to me. That's like no. the, oh. Not there might have been it. some that came in after I pulled these, but but I didn't see any. Uh, for everybody who wants to play along with next week's game, we are going to be playing, whew, man, I wish we had more time to play this one, Gabe, because we're doing hashtag Denzel Washington. I wish blend. we had more time. Had more so time. let us know your pick for your favorite Denzel. Hashtag Denzel Washington Blend on social media, or you can email us at realblend at cinemablend.com. That is where you can also leave us a review. And this week's review comes from Damian McDonald, who also just participated in the uh, dog game that we just did. And Damien is uh, writing us from Ireland. He writes, my friend Chris Quattro put me onto you guys back in early 2019. And from my first listen, I was hooked so much so that I've gone back and re-listened to some episodes from Kevin's love of how films are shot and the aspect ratios to Jake's brilliant questions and interviews, except the Matthew Modine one. Ouch. <laughs> 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 uh, to Sean's love for all things Marvel and Snyder Cut related. Looking forward to the book. Pre-ordered it ages ago. Thank you, sir. Uh, and Gabe's omnipresence. The banter you guys have is just infectious. And those unbelievably good puns, he says. <laughs> I sit and listen to you guys and laugh along with the jokes and sometimes find myself talking out loud loud like I am there with you. The interviews you have are always spot on and recently after listening to the episode I will go back to the YouTube version to see certain reactions and the hopes of seeing either Daenerys or Jack and Sally and also to see <laughs> all the amazing stuff that Michael Chikino pulled out to show you guys. The Spotify wrapped showed me that I listened to 4,754 minutes of you guys in 2020, and I have to admit, every wow. minute was well spent. Wow. Hopefully 2021 is different and you guys get to travel and that you make your way to Dublin so that we can organize a blender meetup. I know a number of people would be well up for that. So that is uh, fantastic, <laughs> and I would love that to be a goal. Uh, wow. Gabe, what do you think? Is there a travel budget available for 2021? Dublin meetup? Yeah, we're just waiting for the um, American government to allow that to happen. Uh, I think yes. that's the only that's the only interference. <laughs> it may take a little while then at this point. Uh, so thank yeah, you very uh, much. A better producer would be able to make it happen, right? Uh, that's what I have to say too. It's fairly disappointing. Maybe if you had a can-do attitude, Gabe. Damien, thank you so much for that review. We really appreciate you listening and for taking the time to send in uh, our next premium episode, guys, which we're going to record right after this. Is like I mentioned, a listener mailbag. Check the description uh, for the link to show you guys uh, where you can go to sign up for. The premium episodes that you guys can join into more Real Blend in your week. Uh, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode and an interview as well, too. You can, in the meantime, follow us on social media at Jake's Takes, at Kevin McCarthy TV, and at Sean underscore O'Connell. Because we need uh, a new thing to shout out at the end of the episodes to encourage a director to come on, 
uh, we're shouting out Spielberg titles. And so um, I'm going to end. Oh, I think I decided what I'm going to have to end my uh, episode with every single week. Until next week, Blenders. We'll see you soon. And I'm a stud. No, stop. No. Why? Come on. No. Minority Report? Minority Report. Minority Report. Thank you. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.